California Botanic Garden Still Feels Storm's Impact by Andrew Alonzo. Over the past few days, California Botanic Garden maintenance workers, officials, and field botany technicians have traversed the garden's narrow pathways in service carts, hauling debris as they cleaned up the mess left behind by the recent Santa Ana windstorm. What was once a lush green scene of native California plants is now acres of downed trees, flattened shrubbery, and branches, much like the rest of Claremont. Eleven days after the initial windstorm, the garden's parking lot was filled with leaves, branches, and tree trunks piled high by garden crews. While the garden's cleanup efforts were underway, the full extent of the windstorm's damage was far more extensive than one could imagine. Speaking with the garden's director of horticulture, Peter Evans, he shared this. We probably have somewhere around 75-plus trees completely down on the ground. And then, of course, any shrubs that were underneath them are <laughs> smashed and crushed. But the, the, some of the roads were totally impassable. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing we had to do is cut the trees to open up the roads because we couldn't even get into the back Jeez. garden. Yeah. It, it, it is disheartening, it yes. Is. Yeah, but we're, we just got to keep going, you know. The garden's executive director, Lucinda McDade, said it may take weeks, if not months, before a full damage report detailing what exactly was lost will be completed. McDade mentioned that the total cost of the garden's damages seems to be hovering close to $150,000. While the damage is already done, the storm's impact opens the door for potential research, specifically how Santa Ana winds affect Claremont and California plant life, according to McDade. For example, three massive 70-foot Tory pine trees that once towered over the garden toppled due to the high winds, making it difficult for maintenance crews to navigate the garden terrain. The garden's arborist, Chuck's Tree Service, worked on whittling down an island oak with extreme caution to avoid disturbing the beehive buzzing nearby. Near the garden's administrative building, which had a broken window on the second floor, thanks to a fallen palm tree, crews worked tirelessly to clear the palm fronds that blocked the north entrance of the building. Everywhere you looked, workers were getting their hands dirty, cleaning up the damage. McDade shared that the garden crews, obviously sad about the destruction, are doing all they can to save down trees with roots still intact. Within reason, of course. The unsalvageable garden life will either be replaced with a like-for-like swap, if possible, or replaced with a new species native to the area that specific gardening area represents. Thankfully, no one was present on the garden's grounds 
during the January 21st overnight windstorm, according to McDade. In addition, none of the animals which frequent the garden, including bees, squirrels, coyotes, bobcats, and birds, have been badly affected. In fact, they seem to be adapting to the new temporary layout of the garden. And Evans shared that crews have actually spotted a few regulars since the storm. Early in the morning, the day after the windstorm, McDade returned to the garden to assess the damage. Um, I was in, I was really focused on um, the seed bank because we really needed to get the power on to the seed bank. So I, my first concern was for the seed bank because mm-hmm. the, the seeds are in uh, large conventional freezers. They're, they're zero degree Fahrenheit freezers and they need to stay pretty cold or else they're going to warm up too much and the seeds will die. And so I really needed to get, make sure the generator was on. And if it wasn't on, which it wasn't, I needed to get it on. And so that was my first obsession. But as I was walking out here to try to let the guy in who was going to help me get the generator on, I realized how bad it was. I also went up to our main building and just walked through every floor to see if anything had, and that's when I found that one broken window. Um, I could easily see that all of our outdoor areas, like I told you about the nursery where the, the, the um, shade structures had gotten picked up and twisted and tied in knots and thrown back down again. Um, I could see that those, those areas were really bad. And I saw those two giant, hey Richard, Tory pines at the entrance and it was all just very, very heartbreaking. But being in the gardening business, McDade said it'll only be a matter of time before the plants bounce back. We're gardeners, she said. It's what we do. Fortunately, the seed bank was virtually untouched by the wind, apart from a few missing rooftop tiles. Field botany technicians for the garden, Amy Timms and Andrew Castro, both shared that cleanup efforts over the last weeks, have been tough and trying. Tim shared. Yeah, uh, I think especially with climate change, I mean, our storms have been getting worse and worse, so it kind of puts things into perspective about the severity and how we need to be conserving our environment more. Asked about the timeline in which the garden aims to be reopening, McDade shared the following. So we're looking at a partial reopen. Mm -hmm. We are, we'll probably consider that if we can reopen the front 35 acres, which is basically Indian Hill Mesa over there, that see the railing going up, you see there's higher elevation over there, and the Southern California Gardens. If we can get all of this safe, safe, then we'll be able to open up this part of the garden. And that's, that's plenty, but, it, we're, you know, we're taking it on a day-to-day basis. Um, she gave a rough estimate of about three weeks for a partial reopening, if all goes well. While cleanup efforts are still at the forefront of the garden crews' minds, as far as all the wood piling up in the front parking lot goes, the garden's executive assistant, Mary Rose Ming Posa, said, she is already working with outside help to get it removed. What I've heard is um, the larger 
pieces that can be made into planks are going to go to the Pomona Fairplex uh, for a project that LA County Fire has. And um, some of the smaller uh, pieces we've been connecting with local woodworkers and um, people who, uh, you know, do crafts to try to salvage some of them as much as possible. McDade added that there might be wood that people don't want, which the garden might then use as firewood. With about $150,000 in damage costs, the garden hopes residents can help by donating online at www.calbg.org or just by becoming members who will frequent the garden once it reopens. The garden is not accepting any outside cleanup help at the moment as they don't want residents potentially getting hurt at the garden. At this, it just don't care, I think. We need people's help uh, to try to recover from this, I think. It's important for people to know that the, the garden is here and they shouldn't take it for granted, I think. <laughs> <laughs> We'll keep it going as, you know, as as far as we can. But it's like we, we do we do want people to to support um, what we do. And, you know, it's like we, we from one day to the next, it can change pretty dramatically. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. For the Claremont Courier, I'm Andrew Alonzo.